Judge chapter number 8. We're going to read three verses of scripture this morning, beginning with verse number 26, and we'll see what the Lord has for us. And as you know, I've been uh, under the weather, I've been battling this sickness, and so I will uh, preach as long as I am able this morning. So you pray that God would give me strength so that I can go to about 2.30. Uh, uh, don't pray against me this morning. Uh, no, I, I believe there's a thought that I've had on my heart for some time. And uh, when, when I was out uh, for that week, uh, the Lord just began to uh, work this in my heart and mind. And I want to get this thought across today. So I just pray that I'll have the strength to get it across. <clears throat> and we'll see what the Lord does uh, with it this morning. Romans chapter number 8. Begin reading with verse number 26. You follow along with me as I read. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Our focus this morning, we'll use all three verses of Scripture, but verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Isn't it a wonderful thought to think that everything's going to work out okay? Everything is just going to take care of itself. Well, I think of, uh, you, you, there's so many benefits to just serving God. Uh, there's, there's benefits of being saved. I, I love being saved. Obvious benefits, my sins are forgiven. When God looks at me, he sees the record of his perfect son. He doesn't see my sinful record. Heaven is my eternal home. I never have to worry about spending a moment, a second in that horrible place called hell because my sins have been forgiven. I like being saved. But being saved gives you standing too. It gives you standing with the almighty God as a child of God. There's blessings. There's benefits. Knowing that God just works everything out. But that's not my message this morning. I want you to give me a good hearing today because if I could just get one person to listen to what I'm going to say and get a hold of it, well, it would be a wonderful thing. Because if I believe the truth this morning and keep somebody out of an early grave, I believe the truth this morning can keep a marriage in the future breaking apart. I believe a lot of tears can be avoided if you'll listen to what I'm saying this morning. It's a wonderful thought that even when tragedy comes, God can work it out for good. But if you've got a heart full of rebellion towards God, it's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. If you're going to rebel against the word of God, against the home that God's put you in, reared you in a Christian home, against the things that God has given you. You may have it all planned out, but it ain't going to work out for your good. We as Christians make the mistake of no matter what we do, we think God's just going to work it out for us. It's not what the Bible says. I would love 
to preach the message this morning about how God just works everything out, and he does. That's what I like preaching. I like preaching the encouragement. I like preaching the comfort. I like to remind you that we have a God that is better to us than we could ever comprehend and deserve. And this morning, if you're not saved, I want you to know that there is a God who is a righteous God. He's a holy God, but he's a loving God. He loved you so much, he sent his perfect son to die for you. The greatest decision one will ever make is to put their faith in what Christ did. Never regret it. Never regret it. There's going to be a host of people who stand before a righteous God, and they'll regret not putting their faith in Christ. But I can tell you this morning, if you trust Christ your Savior, you won't regret it. You'll never regret serving God. I've tasted enough of God's blessings that I don't have to talk about the negative that'll happen by not serving God. I could talk all day about how good God is. I don't regret serving God. I don't regret giving my life to God. But as a preacher, every once in a while, God puts something on your heart that gives you uh, the, 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 the command to preach certain things from this book. And this morning, I want you to listen to me because I'm going to preach a message this morning. Some things that's going to keep you, keep things from working out to your good. Another way you can word this, it's not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. This morning, let's pray. Father, we ask you this morning to meet with us. <coughs> Father, I'm bringing the message I believe that you'd have brought this morning. And Father, we, we only get a glimpse of your mercy. And just in that glimpse, oh, I'm so grateful. We only get a glimpse of your grace just because this flesh keeps us from really recognizing how much grace you have. And Father, we get a glimpse of your love. That love is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, you're beyond good to us. Father, I want us to be reminded this morning that not just of your goodness, but how many of us are complaining about the situation we're in and it's a situation we've created for ourselves. Because you're a good God. You're a God that wants to bless us. You're a God that has promised us that he can work anything for good. I pray that you'll bless the message this morning. If there's one lost, may they trust you today. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As a pastor, one of the privileges I have is to share your heartache. I am humbled, and yet many times in awe, at the caliber of Christian that attends the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I, I enjoy watching God's people grow as a child of God. I enjoy many times, it's just from afar, sometimes it's up close, watching victories take place, watching God do what only God can do. In this room right now are <coughs> Christians who have buried loved ones. You could give testimony. God's grace is sufficient. You could give testimony that God can make that which is horrible. He can give you grace through it. He can give you life beyond it. He can continue to 
uh, grant uh, grace even in the most difficult time. What a joy it is and what a honor it is to pastor a people who you watch God do miracles in their life as they carry burdens, as they carry heartaches, as they battle disease. And you watch the grace of God. Oh, I think we all could give testimony of how life has wronged us, how people have done us wrong, but often we use this comfort, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good. Why isn't God good to us? I think of Genesis 50 and verse 20 when Joseph reminded his brothers who sold him into slavery, you meant it unto me for evil, but God meant it for good. And the very evil that man did, God used to fulfill the dream and the promise he made to Joseph. See, God is above even the most vile motives of man. I think of 1 Peter 3.17 of in having myself, I know what it's like to stand by a graveside of, of a child. And think of the verse in 1 Peter that says, It is better if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. I wish I could tell you as your pastor, you're never going to shed a tear. I wish I could say that with certainty that God won't call anybody home this year. This size crowd, the if you just want to play at percentages, the percentages are greater that God will call somebody home than not this year. I wish I could tell you, you nobody's going to go to the doctor and get a negative doctor's report. I wish I could tell you that, but that's just not true. I wish I could tell you that if you'll just serve God, you'll never have disappointment. You'll never have heartache. Uh, things will work out exactly the way. I wish I could tell you that, but I can't tell you that this morning. But what I can tell you, in the midst of your tears, if you'll trust God, if you'll serve God, God will work it out for your good. I cannot give you an explanation of why you'll say goodbye to that loved one. But I can tell you that we have a God who's above all things. We have a God who's not surprised by anything. I can tell you this morning that God can take that which is horrible. God can take that which is to a man not good, and he can work it out for your good. I can tell you this morning, I wish I could tell you that you're never going to shed another tear, but I cannot tell you that. But I can tell you that God, if you'll just serve him, if you'll just live by this book the best that you can, you'll just keep God first in your life in the midst of the tears, in the midst of the disappointments, in the midst of the heartache. God, I can't explain it other than he's God. I can't tell you how it's going to happen other than God's ways are above our ways. I've lived long enough. I've seen it. I believe this book enough to know that even in our biggest disappointments, even in the midst of our greatest heartaches, God cares for his people and God can take that which is not good and he can work it to our good. But to those this morning, you're not interested in anything God has to say. It's not going to work out that way for you. There's a difference in saying goodbye to a loved one, being comforted by the fact that it was the plan of God. There's a difference in knowing that you're in the will of God and you don't understand why God would allow things. 
You don't like the things that God has brought your way. But you know that God loves you. You know that God is a caring God. You know that it is just the will of God that certain things happen. This morning, perhaps there's a young person in the building. You've already got it all planned out. You put a picture of one way, but in your heart is a heart of rebellion. You've got it all planned how you're going to go against the things that you've been taught. You're going to go against the things that you've heard preached. You're going to go against the word of God. And, you know, Romans 8, 28, we know all things work together for a good friend. It's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. Because there are some things, verse 26 and verse 27, along with verse 28, that shed some lights, shed some light on the obstacles that are going to keep some things from working out to good in your life. Because you can't take one verse like Romans 8, 28 and throw out all the verses about how God considers the young man, the young lady that breaks his mom and dad's heart. You can't throw out the scripture that gives us a command of how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to glorify God. This morning, I want to remind you, God is a good God. God is a gracious God. God is a loving God. You and I, none of us deserve the goodness of God. None of us deserve the Lord Jesus Christ. None of us deserve salvation. Let's not get so full of ourselves to think that we have, a, we deserve it, we've earned it. But for the grace of God, all of us deserve to be, be thrown in that place that God prepared for Satan himself, that horrible place called hell, but for the grace of God. God so loved the world. Remember the day when somebody shared that news with you? Remember the day you first heard that clear presentation of the gospel and the Spirit of God convicted you and, and told you that you were a sinner and that without Christ you would die and go to that horrible place called hell and yet you put your faith and trust in Christ and in that instant your eternity was altered. In that instant your record was changed. In that instant, your eternal destination went from that horrible place called hell to that wonderful place called heaven. In that instant, we had standing as a child of God. God is a good God. And even when life brings us heartache, if we'll just be faithful, God will wipe the tears. And as only God can do it, he'll take something that's bad and he'll work it to your good. He'll take something that's disappointing and he'll work it to your good. He may never completely heal the hurt. And you may live the rest of your life with a reminder of how life brought you something you never anticipated. But God can work those things to your good. That's why we trust God. That's why we have to depend on Him. That's why when we don't understand, we just believe He has our best interest in mind. And I, He's too good of a God for me to turn my back when I don't understand why life has brought me something. He's been too good for me to quit on Him when life brought me a disappointment. <coughs> 
<coughs> I have the promise that we know all things work together for good. This morning, I want to speak to the individual. You think everything's going to work out okay. And you don't have a heart for God. You're not interested. Maybe you came here today because somebody twisted your arm to come here. Or maybe you're here today because you just don't have your exit strategy completely done. I want you to listen very, very carefully to me. I'm trying to help you this morning. Because God does work things together for good. But there's some things found in this scripture that might be a hindrance to it working for good in your life. See, I've lived enough life, I know what it's like to bury a child. I know what it's like to be betrayed by friends. I know what it's like to carry burdens that no other man ever knows that I've carried. I know what it's like to deal with some of the most cruel things that life can ever bring you. But friend, I can testify this morning. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be served. Because some of the very things that have been the cruelest in this life, boy, I could talk to you all day long about how God has taken those things, and he's worked with them my good. And now I stand here today, I'm in a dilemma. Because if I could look back and I had the power to change some things, I don't know what I'd do. Because God has worked such a good work with that which brought me tears, with that which brought me sorrow, with that which brought me disappointment, he's taken that very negative thing and he has used it in such a prominent and a powerful way that if I could go back and change it, I don't know what it would do. I don't know what I would do because he's done such a great work with that which is bad. And he's blessed. But there's some obstacles. There's some things that could keep this from happening in your life. It gives me great, it gives me hope. It comforts me as your pastor when you go through a trial to say, I don't know what God's doing. But I know God hadn't forsaken you. I know God's still there for you. But you know, there's times as a pastor, and I hear an explanation It breaks my heart because it's not going to work out the way they think it's going to be worked out. There's tears that are going to be shed that could be avoided because we think just because I want it to be so, God will take everything and make it as I want to be. Friend, I can stand here and testify this verse. God hasn't taken everything and made it how I want it to be. But God has taken things and made it work out to my good. Let me give you some things that I see here in this passage of Scripture. I see, first of all, in verse 27, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. You know what will keep you from, keep things from working out to your good? Number one is an unsurrendered heart. 
Verse 26 and verse 27 reminds us how the Spirit of God, so many times we don't even know how to pray. We're so bound by this flesh. We're not as spiritual as we think we are. We see things through our perspective. And many times we ask God selfishly to do do works, but we have the Spirit of God who on our behalf, have you ever been to a place in your life where you don't even know how to pray, you just know you need to pray? And this scripture reminds us that we have the Spirit of God who talks to the Father on our behalf. What a thought. But in that process, he searches the heart of man. So many times we like to say, well, God knows my heart, and we say that flippantly. Like, 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 like mom and dad, get off my back. God knows my heart. Pastor, get off my back. God knows my heart. But that will put some fear and trembling in every person in the building this morning. God knows your heart. God searches your heart. And if you have a heart of rebellion towards God, how dare we say that everything's going to work out the way that we have planned? How foolish to live in a way that the God who keeps our heart beating, God who gives us another day, We have a heart that is turned from him. We have a heart that is not seeking him, an unsurrendered heart. Friend, this morning, it is God's will for everyone to be saved. If you're not saved this morning, Jesus has already paid the price for you. All you have to do is put your faith in what he's already done. That's it. God wants every man to be saved. He's paid the price for every man to be saved. And as a child of God, we ought to surrender our hearts to him. We ought to be seeking to please him, to glorify him. If you're living a life that does not glorify God, you're living out of the will of God. A surrendered heart is a clean heart. There's a lot of Christians who don't have a clean heart. I'm sorry this morning if you're here and you didn't realize you were coming into one of these kind of churches. God loved you enough to send a man of God to the pulpit one time to tell you that we have a responsibility to have a surrendered heart, which is a clean heart before our God. A lot of times those that try and live by a higher standard get labeled as a hypocrite because nobody can live to the standard of God. But you know who the real hypocrite is this morning? The one with an unsurrendered heart. One with a heart for the things of this world. See, it doesn't always work out the way we think it's going to work out. But if you serve God, you have a heart surrendered to God. He'll make it work out to your good. But if you don't have a surrendered heart, what makes you think that he's going to work it out to your good? What makes us think that things are going to work out the way that we want it to work out when... We have promises, we have, we're reminded in Scripture, if we surrender ourselves to Him, we obey the Word of God, we as best we can faithfully serve Him, we're going to shed tears, we're going to have disappointments, we're going to have trials, we're going to have difficulties that we don't know how to deal with, and the only way we can find comfort is that we have a God who will grant us grace. We have a God who will give us strength when we don't have it, and we have a God who will work it all out for good. But if we don't have an unsurrendered heart, that's an obstacle for God working out for good. Number two, I find another obstacle in verse number 27 as well. Because he maketh intercession for the saints 
according to the will of God. It's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out if you have no interest in the will of God. How many of you are breathing this morning? Okay, not everybody has their hand raised, so check the person next to you. Some of you haven't breathed since I started preaching, but it'll get better. God's given you life. Ever thought about why God's given you life? How many of you are saved this morning on your way to heaven? What a wonderful thought that God gives us life and then he gives us eternal life. But are you doing the will of God? See, what is the will of God? It is what God has created us to do to glorify him. How do we glorify him? We glorify him by living after this book. We have a responsibility as a child of God to live in a way that would please God, not please ourselves. And why do we think that's unreasonable? Sometimes you, you, you preach this and sometimes you, you, you give some counsel and the person on the other side of counsel looks at you like it's unreasonable for us to be consumed with doing what God would have us do with our life, the one who gives us life, the one who's granted us eternal life. It's not unreasonable to do what it is that he's put us here on this earth And there are too many Christians that do not consider the will of God. Friend, God puts you on this earth and there are things that only you can do for him. There are prayers that only you can pray. There are those that only you can witness to. There are things, there are people that only you will influence. And only you can please God with your life. You can't please God with my life. I can't please God with your life. Only you can please God with your life. When we have a revival today of Christians who said, I don't know what, what I can do for God. I may not have the talent that other people have. I may not have as much time as other people have. But could I use the days I have left just to please God? This promise applies for, to those who were interested in the will of God. This morning, I hope you'll listen to me. I hope you'll listen to the heart that I bring this message with. It's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out if you flee the will of God. If you flee the word of God. Boy, this life is too fragile to leave it under chance. This life is too fragile just to let things happen and end up in a place in life that you never in, intended on be ending up. We must be interested in the will of God. That's why. Stay close to God. You don't know when your tragedy's coming. You don't know when your heartache's coming. You don't know when your disappointment's coming. You don't know when that routine checkup is anything but routine. You have no idea. When that time comes, you don't know when you're going to get the call that your child's been rushed to the hospital. And 
In a life and death situation, do you really want to have to take the time to get your heart surrendered, to get your heart clean, to get the unforgiveness out of your life, to get the bitterness out of your life? To, do you really want to take the time when somebody else needs you to intercede on, on their behalf? Oh, stay close to God. Stay close to the will of God. Because you have the promise. No matter what happens, God will work it out to your good. And how many times can we all testify that I know I can. I prayed and said, Lord, I believe this is what you would have. I believe it's the will of God. And him not to answer that prayer because it was not his will. There was something else that he wanted done that I could not even see. But the Spirit of God that we see in verse 26 and 27 Ask on our behalf according to the will of God. God's not going to answer your prayer that takes you outside the will of God. God's not going to answer your prayer that contradicts with the word of God. Oh, you've, I've been your pastor long enough. You know, don't come to me. And, well, I, I've prayed about it and God's taken, and, and there's, a, there's a scripture that's contrary to your answered prayer. Because I trust this book more than I trust your prayer. Number three, there's obstacles to working out to your good when you resist the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Listen to verse 26 and 27 again. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. No matter how long you've been saved, you're not that good. None of us are. We're still flesh. Well, I have the most sincere heart. No, you don't. So, Pastor, how can you say that? Because my Bible reminds me how wicked our heart is. And our Bible said, my Bible says it's so wicked we don't even know it. But that's why this promise is so wonderful. Likewise, the Spirit also help with our infirmities. For we, <coughs> we know not what we should pray for. For as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh the intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Imagine with me for a moment being in a situation that you never thought you'd be in. You're not, you don't even know what the answer is because you're not even sure what the question is. You don't know what to pray. You don't know how to pray. The crisis hour has come. But because you're concerned with the will of God, you're concerned with a heart for God. When you don't even know what to say to God, the spirit that lives within you as a child of God says, Father, this is what they need. Well, I can take you to times in my life when I knew I needed to pray. And I'd follow my face in prayer and not a word would come out. So that sounds strange. If you think that sounds strange, wait till you hear what I'm fixing to tell you. 
I know I need, a, I need to pray. I know I need supernatural intervention. And a thought does not even formulate. What good did that do you? It did a lot of good. Because when I don't even know what to pray or how to pray, the Spirit of God that lives within me says, Father, this is what they need. Father, this is what he needs. Father, this is what, you do, what, what they need. And oh, the Spirit of God communicates on our behalf with the God of heavens and communicates what we need in prayer. Oh, to live in a way where the Spirit can really do the work in our life that the Spirit can do. But friend, let me make a very simple and quick application. What a wonderful promise that is. What a wonderful truth that is. And many of you could testify this morning and say, Pastor, I've been there. I, I've been there when I didn't know what to say to God. I've been there when I, didn't, I couldn't even formulate a prayer. But friend, you did not waste your time. The Spirit of God that lives within you, the one that's been working in your heart and your life, the one that's changed you, the, one, the Spirit of God that convicted you of your need of salvation, and the moment that you put your faith in Christ, He sealed you unto the day of redemption. The same Spirit of God that lives within you talks to the Heavenly Father when you don't even know what to say. But can you imagine how lonely it is to be in that crisis hour and you as a child of God have been quenching the Spirit of God in your life. You as a child of God have been grieving the Spirit of God in your life. You as a child of God have been telling the Spirit of God, no, 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 but now it's your loved one that needs prayer. Now it's your crisis that has come. Now you need to talk to God and you can't talk to him. But you've quenched the spirit of God in your own life. And with those imperfect as they can be, the best they can having a heart for God, the best they can doing the will of God, they don't even, oh, so many times we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ and say, oh, how are they going to get through that? But it's the spirit of God. That comforts. It's the Spirit of God that grieve, helps them through their grief. But can you imagine? Friend, life may be fine now. You may get the sense and you believe the lie of the devil that you don't need God in your life. That you can, you'll, you'll figure it out somehow. This morning, let me tell you, listen to this preacher this morning. It's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. I can tell you but by Scripture, I can tell you from personal testimony, I, there's been times in my life when I didn't even know how to pray. I was not even capable of praying. But the Spirit of God on my behalf, how in the world is that ever going to happen? How are you going to get comfort? How are you going to get heaven to move when you've been living, quenching the Spirit of God? You've been grieving the Spirit of God by the way you live as a child of God. Like it or not, and it's unpopular to preach in this day, but a Christian has the responsibility to please God with their life. A Christian has the responsibility to, to give leadership to the Spirit of God in their life. And if you grieve the Spirit, you quench the Spirit, life is bringing everyone a heartache and a tragedy at some point. 
Number four, great obstacle to things working out for good like you think they are is you love yourself more than you love God. Verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good. That's where we as Christians like to put the period. Oh, it's going to work out for good. I can do whatever I want to do and it's going to work out okay. That's not what my Bible says. To them that love God. Pastor, are you saying I don't love God? Well, let me answer your question with what Jesus said. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's not important what my definition of loving God is. But I would dare say it's important what Christ's definition of loving God is. And Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Not by this preacher's definition. Not by your grandmother's definition. Not by a church's definition. But by God's definition, obedience is love. Too many Christians love themselves more than they love God. God, I'll follow you as long as. If it doesn't mean. Friend, I wish you could really get a sense of the heart that I bring this with this morning. It's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. I can take you to graves where life ended too soon because they thought it was going to work out. It didn't work out the way they thought it was going to work out. Pastor, you're just trying to scare me. Oh, don't let me scare you. I'd hate to live as a child of God out of fellowship with my God. See, in some ways, God did me, and God's been so good to me, he's done me so many favors, and as a very young man, I knew what it was like to deal with tragedy. I turned 46 years of age this week, and I've lived a lot of life in my 46 years. I've dealt with a lot of things in my 46 years. I've shed a lot of tears in my 46 years. But I can stand here today and I can tell you, I don't regret ever giving my life to God. I don't regret serving God. I like it. I'm pleased with it. So how can you say that? The two seem to contradict themselves. Oh, no. Because my Bible reminds me, my God makes it all work for good. Unless you have an unsurrendered heart. Unless you have no interest in the will of God. Unless you resist the work of the Holy Spirit in your own life. Unless you love yourself more than God. It's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. Church, I wish I could tell you you'll never shed another tear. But you're going to. Some of you parents, you have a child in that nursery and you have such big dreams for them. 
And I pray it's not so, but God could have different plans. You anticipate when they hit this, they're going to do this, but you don't know that. I said this, said this a year ago, and it came to be true. We don't, we, we don't know that everybody will be with us a year from now. We don't know if everybody will be with us for another week. We know all things work together for good. But if you are running from God, it's not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. I know how it works. I know you've made your plans. And you believe the lie of the devil to convince you that everything's going to go as smoothly as you think it's going to go. But friend, I've, I've talked to the Christians. They've sat across from my desk. They have said to me, I would not say it, but they have said to me, I buried my loved one because of my decision. I'm dealing with this because of my decision. Friend, that's a whole other matter than, God, I don't know why. I, I didn't anticipate this. I never thought I'd have this funeral. I never thought this would happen in my life. But I trust you. And I know you'll make it for good. It's better if the will of God be so. That you suffer for the will of God. Than for evil. I don't know who... In essence, I think this message is for all of us to be reminded that if you're not saved, you need to get saved. That's God's will for every man. If you're saved, you have a responsibility to serving, to glorify him with your life. We all have that responsibility. <coughs> Maybe there's somebody this morning. I don't know who this is for. But the Spirit of God has spoken to you. The Spirit of God has reminded you you have a choice this morning you can continue to quench him you can resist him or you can surrender to him because the time's going to come when your heartache's coming your disappointment's coming it's a it's hard enough as it is dealing with life in the will of god to deal with it when you're outside the will of God. Friend, this morning, if you need to be saved, you're going to have an opportunity in a moment to trust Christ as your Savior. If you're away from God, I'm not a priest. You don't have to come confess it to me, but you want to come confess it to God. Do business with God. I don't know who it is this morning, but do business with God. Maybe been saved, never been baptized, following a believer's baptism. You need to get involved in the church, join the church, join the church, whatever it is. Whatever it is, let God work in your life today. Father, we pray that.